Well, good morning, Becoming Eva audience. Thank you for tuning in to episode 11. I can't believe it. It's episode 11. (laughs) It has been a journey. I cannot believe we are almost finished with the first season. It's like bittersweet. Like it, it really, once we like got into it, it like really moved pretty quickly. I mean, of course, these last few episodes have been a little off the chain, but it's all good. It's all good. God is God, and we are not. So that yeah. is true. That is true. So how you been doing, Maya? Hanging, man, hanging. I was just reflecting this past week. This is like week four of the whole self quarantine piece, and it's yeah, it's been interesting. I feel like. In some cases, you know, settling into the new normal, but then in other cases, it's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe this is the new normal. And what, how are things going to change even after we get over this hump? You know, it really makes you think because I don't think we'll ever be back the same, if you will, which I mean, you know, it's probably God's intent in certain cases, but at the same time, it just kind of makes you wonder how things are going to look, you know, even once we get through this whole, yeah. I definitely think the world, um, has changed for forever. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Oh, it makes me sad though, because I want to hug people. Like, I feel like it was already kind of like a dying form of affection, you know, because of social media and everything. And now I feel like, is it going to be completely extinct by the time we come back? Like, don't hug me. Don't come near me. Don't, you know, and I'm like, like people need that physical touch. You know, I even think about people that don't have like that, that live alone, you know, they may be single, they may be away from their families or what have you and how hard this time has been for them, you know? And so I'm just like, gosh, I don't want that to die completely. So. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, for me, it's been getting a little easier, Mm -hmm. um, with the girls. Thankfully they were on spring break this week. Um, I was still working and Ryan, he was still working. So, um, we were able to, you know, let the girls relax a little bit and then able to relax more as well. Um, so it was, it was better this week. I'll say that. Um, I still made, you know, the girls read and, um, we started a time capsule, uh, for COVID. That's really cool. And, um, so we've been, um, creating things to put inside of our time capsule and it'll mm-hmm. probably take us a couple of weeks to actually finish, um, putting it together because I wanted to do one for each of my girls, wow. um, Ryan, Layla and Ryla. So, wow. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a great exercise. How long do you all plan to wait before you like dig them back up or open them back up? I was thinking at least um, maybe 15 years, maybe, or Uh uh 10. I don't Uh know. When they're adults or something. Yeah. That's awesome, girl. You know you got me thinking about that. This is us episode when they opened up, when they did Time Machine. Time. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Put something mushy in there that Jack would have put. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so this week 
we are talking about when God speaks. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode, it was all about surviving COVID mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. I remember uh, looking at all the memes about COVID-19 and just cracking up and um, uh, binge watching TV shows and stuff on Netflix. And, you know, I think some of that stuff kind of gets old. Oh yeah. And, (laughs) And this episode, we wanted to dig deeper into what is God saying in this season and get past all the memes and the binge watching because all of that stuff gets old and it gets old quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's important for us to focus on what God is saying to us and to to the people and to the world uh, collectively in this season. So my, how have you reflected on what is God doing uh, in this season spiritually? Yeah. Well, I would say this. I mean, first of all, if you don't know God is speaking, let me let you know, he is speaking. He is speaking very loudly. He's speaking very clearly. And some people may wonder, well, how do you know God is speaking? You know, uh, well, first of all, he always speaks through his word. Um, You know, I've I've heard the most practical way of knowing what God is speaking is open the Bible and read it out loud because he is always speaking. His word is always going forth, you know, whether we realize it or not. But I feel like in times like this, God, we know God is speaking because he is forcing us to change. He is forcing us to change how we go about things. He's forcing us to change how we think. He's forcing us to change how we act and reminding us that we are not in control. I know a lot of us like to think we're in control, you know, when we're having a great day and things are going as we planned. But even in those moments, we're not in control, you know. So it's especially in moments like this, where we have no choice but to realize we're not in control, that we're reminded that God is in control. And yeah. God has always been in control, and God will always be in control. You know, like none of this takes him by surprise. It may challenge us, but none of it takes uh, him by surprise. Right. So I feel like, you know, that is what God is saying right now, first and foremost, like, hey, I'm in control. And you're not, (laughs) you know, I think the second part is more important than the first in this season. We are not in control as much as we want to be or as much as we may think we are, you know, like no one is exempt from this scenario that we're dealing with. Whether you have money, whether you have fame, whether you are married, whether you are not, whether you have children, whether you do not, whether you have a job, whether you do not like like. No one is exempt in this situation, in this scenario. You know, it's not even, um, you know, based on state or based on country. Like, literally, the whole world is experiencing this right now. And yes. has no choice but to realize that they are not in control. So that's what I believe God is saying during this season. And, um, and the reality of it is, you know, even after we get over this hurdle, we still won't be in control. We like to think that we are, but we're not. And so I feel like, you know, not only is God telling us that we're not in control, but um, kind of giving us um, or urging us, I should say, to um, create a blueprint of how we are to conduct ourselves after the fact to remind us that he's not in control 
when things are going as we plan or when things are back to normal or when we get over this hump, you know, like what, how do we, how do we still live in reverence um, and reminding ourselves of the fact that God is in control and we are not. So that's what I think he's saying. Yes. And this, this week I posted on our Facebook page, just short little poem that I wrote called God Speaks. And I wanted people to reflect on how God was speaking. And Mm -hmm. if if you were actually listening Mm -hmm. um, to him speak to you, because he speaks in several different ways. And we don't want to get wrapped up in too much of the physical and focus on, you know, all the craziness and focus on the distractions and mm-hmm. the TV and um, memes and social media, but to really, um, you know, think and reflect and um, pray and, and just seek God's face in this Absolutely. season um, to see how he is speaking to you personally mm-hmm. and what, what you can do um, to better yourself and yeah. to, you know, have a more intimate relationship with God and just really, um, change your, your focus. Absolutely. Very true. So I've been feeding myself, um, spiritually through, um, doing my, my Bible reading Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm still doing my praise and worship music and, Mm -hmm. um, singing when I'm cooking, cleaning, working, Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying, me and Ryan, we're trying to incorporate, um, teaching our children scriptures and Amen. Um, especially this weekend, uh, with, with it being the resurrection Sunday, we have been planning, uh, well, I've been planning some activities to do with the girls to mm-hmm. really teach them the meaning of Easter and what it's all about. And yeah. so that they're not thinking about, it's about, you know, finding Easter eggs and the Easter bunny, but mm-hmm. really, um, making them understand doing activities yeah. about the resurrection so that they understand what it is. Yeah. Um, and we also, we've been doing a lot of the online uh, sermons, mm-hmm. um, watching the sermons online. Yeah. But it's very important for people to feed themselves spiritually. Absolutely. What are some, what are some things you, you've been doing, you and Chris? Very very similar. Um, I mean, we've, we've definitely, we're still, you know, knee deep in the, you know, in the Bible in a year. So that's going really well. Um, right now we're actually in the life of David. So that's really great. Just studying his life, um, his ups and downs, you know, his successes and his failures, but how through it all, he remained a man after God's own heart. And I feel like one of the reasons that, um, you know, that God still called him a man after his own heart was because he sought him like in everything, you know, even when he messed up, you know, he would repent and, you know, um, you know, um, mourn and, and grieve and wear sackcloth and ashes or, you know, but like he would, he sought God in every aspect. And so I think that's so important, like to not just seek God for the big things or when things are hard or we don't know the answers or we're struggling, but like to really seek him in everything to seek his guidance. And so um, we're definitely doing that. Um, like you mentioned, been doing a lot of online services. Our church has actually been doing um, weekly prayers, um, prayer services on Wednesdays. They do one for the youth and one for the adults. So that's where it's been really awesome. It's really blessed my soul to actually see these children 
praying as well because like you said it's so important to teach our youth like what this time of year is really about it's not about the easter bunny it's not about easter eggs it's about jesus christ giving his life you know literally pouring out his blood as a sacrifice for our sins and what does that mean you know so um it's really important to share that you know and then also too this is an awesome time for children to grow in their faith as well so, um, you know, like I said, we're, none of us are exempt. We're all going through this together. And so, you know, tuning into our children to help them process through this as well, I think is incredible. Um, and then another thing, my Bible study is going strong as well. We've actually been um, doing weekly Zoom calls. And so it, it helps to still have that um that human interaction aside yes. from the people that you're quarantining with, you know, um, especially when you're able to talk through the word, you know, and, and reflect on the word together and talk about how it applies to your lives in, you know, specifically. So um, definitely doing that um, to feed myself spiritually and just trying to stay at his feet, like really mm. um, throughout the day, you know, not just, you know, have my quiet time or have my Bible study or what have you, but like to really stop, you know, like people have been reaching out with different prayer requests because COVID-19 is, 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 is get, if it, you know, it feels like it's becoming closer and closer, you know, with, um, closely associated with the people that, you know, we normally interact with. So family members have fallen mm. ill, you know, some have even lost loved ones that I specifically know. And so really taking the time to stop and pray for them and not just say, Oh, I'm praying for you. You know what I'm saying? But like, really, like, okay, I have time. We we got space and opportunity. Yeah. So be a woman of your word and do what you say you're going to do and lift these people up in prayer, yes. you know, reach out and check on people. You know, that's another thing that I've been trying to be intentional about, you know, and not just our brothers and sisters in Christ, but those that don't know God, because I can only imagine how much scarier this time would be if I didn't have a concept of eternity, if this right. was all that I had to look forward to, if this was all that I had, you know, to find security in, you know, so really trying to be intentional um, for, for me, I've really been trying to be intentional about reaching out to um, people that um, may or may not know Christ, you know, or may not have the greatest relationship with him to really um, just extend the love of God. First yes. and foremost, you know, do you need anything? How are you doing? How, you know, like really extend the love of God. And then, you know, if it, if it leads into, you know, more conversation, then so be it. But first and foremost, I want you to know that I love you, that I care about you and you're not in this alone. So that's how I've really been trying to um, feed myself and others spiritually. What about you? How have you been trying to feed others spiritually? Well, first and foremost, definitely my family. I've been mm -hmm. really reflecting on what I have been doing mm -hmm. um, in the past. And I feel like um, this has been a humbling experience because I don't feel like I've been doing a good job um, at teaching my children values and scriptures. And, I, and, you know, not when you don't have when you can't take your kids to Sunday school, mm -hmm. you have to be like, oh, my goodness, I have to like, you know, yeah, yeah. Teach them something, yeah. and, you know, not just let them sit and listen to the sermon because, you know, mm -hmm. they can only understand so much. So for me, I've been really reflecting on what I should be doing as a parent mm -hmm. to 
better teach my children um, mm-hmm. scriptures and values, um, which is what I've been working on implementing. And yeah. I've really had time to really reflect on that and think and brainstorm and think about how I can creatively um, teach them scriptures and mm-hmm. really implement it um, with intentionality in our mm-hmm. lives and not just do our Bible reading um, mm-hmm. at nighttime, but to really implement mm-hmm. it um, daily throughout our entire day and not just, yeah. you know, let's read our Bible story tonight and talk about the Bible story. But yeah. we need to, I, I want them to actually understand and mm-hmm. get this. And I feel like... Yeah. Um, I haven't been doing a good job thus far, but I'm definitely planning on working on getting better. But it's been really a reflective time for me. I'm baffled by that. Let me just, can I just ask? Because, I I mean, one of the things I really do admire about you and Ryan is that you guys are very adamant about monitoring what you expose your children to and what you teach your children. So, I mean, from the outside looking in, I feel like y'all do an amazing job. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And we could, and I could be my worst critic, but yes. I feel like <laughs> that that I you can always get better, That's and I true. don't That's feel true. like yeah, I don't feel like we have been intentionally teaching them um, scriptures okay. um, and yeah. and um, values yeah. um, with intentionality, which is mm-hmm. what I want to do. Of course, we read them Bible stories and we talk about God, but. I don't think we've been doing it with um, a lot of like detail and super intentional about scriptures, which is what, um, you know, we're, we're trying to incorporate and do a better job at actually incorporating it and make sure that they understand like what's the purpose of Easter. It's not about the Easter bunny. Let's talk about the resurrection and really make sure that they understand. Cause I think a lot of the times, um, when we were just taking them to the Sunday school, like mm-hmm. we were really relying on the Sunday school to kind of gotcha. teach them yeah. a lot yeah. of those principles. And yeah. we're, we, we, we don't have a Sunday school to take them to. So we are the teachers and we can't just, you know, not teach them, you know, mm-hmm. anything and just say, Hey, let's just sit down and watch the sermon together. But mm-hmm. we need to spend, um, quality time with them and make sure that they're actually getting it. So that's the first and foremost thing. Um, it's feeding my children spiritually. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I've, we've also been doing zoom calls with our life group. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, doing this podcast is also a form of, of feeding others um, spiritually. So I think, you know, we're doing our best. <laughs> As everyone, girl. We all trying to do the best we can. I'm, I'm here in my closet slash office. You know, we're trying to <laughs> do our becoming Eva and be obedient to the word of God. And, mm-hmm. you know, I said, Lord, if this is uh, if this is almost up. Please don't leave me behind. I want to make sure I'm being obedient. Yeah. Uh, your word. Yeah. Don't leave me down here with these people, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> if you come back soon, don't That's leave me. Hilarious. <laughs> don't leave me down here with these people, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand. I'm not mad. Wow. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of thinking on interpreting 
the new wine, uh, new wineskin scriptures. Okay. And I, I had to really research this and reflect on it this week mm-hmm. um, about what this new wine and new wineskin really means. And so I researched first um, wh- wh- where it talks about um, wineskin and in the Bible, and I found. Mm-hmm. Um, the parable is listed at least three times in scripture that I found wow. in Matthew 9 and 17 and mm-hmm. Mark 2 and 22 and mm-hmm. Luke 5 and 37 okay. um, through 38. And I'll just read one of those scriptures. Um, okay. Matthew 9 and 17, it says, Jesus is speaking to his disciples during this time. And it says, neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. Mm. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. So this week Mm. I've been reflecting on the scriptures because I've been asking myself or asking God, um, if, if I, um, or if the people, or if I was, um, being like the new wineskin or the fresh Mm -hmm. wine and asking God, if, if I'm the new wineskin, um, for God, then what are you going to pour into me? Mm -hmm. And I think, a lot of people are changing um, how they're reaching people. Yeah. And so I've been doing research and I really want to understand what wineskin was. And mm-hmm. because, you know, when you read that, we don't know what it's <laughs> like, true. Yeah. It's wineskin. What is that? Yeah. Well, I, I didn't know. Did you know what wineskin was? I, I no. I mean, I literally in the in the context of that time. I mean, I, I kind of understood, like you know, that's what you carry your wine in. Like that's you know, that's how you you know provide for your your well, not provide for your family, but how you you know feed your family, how you sustain your family, things of that nature. But like, how does that translate into this time? You know, I've definitely taken you know, and I've heard different pastors preach on it, so I kind of have some insight to it but it definitely is one of those scriptures where I'm like okay break this down for me like really you know tell me how this applies to my life today you know what I mean so I think it's interesting that you have been studying that I'm glad that you have been studying that because it's I mean yeah it's something that definitely I feel like we need to really look at how it applies to our lives today so I looked up um this lady, um, Pauline Foon, and I'm going to quote okay. her. So I want to make sure I, you know, give her credit, give credit okay. where credit is due. But, um, she said that wine skin is usually made of goat skin with the insides are lined and, uh, it's usually made so that it's waterproof. Mm-hmm. And if wine skins are made of leather, then logically it should not be thrown away as leather pro- products usually last for a long time. Mm-hmm. So it does not make sense to keep having a, to make new wine skins mm-hmm. for the new wine. So the reason why old wine skin can't hold the new wine is because they become brittle and mm-hmm. they lose the elasticity. 
And as new wine ferments, um, gases are created Mm -hmm. and, you know, a gas expands. Mm -hmm. So the old wine skin being less elastic would burst. You know, it would burst if it expands. So the word fresh is used to describe the wine skin, um, which is used to contain new wine and not necessarily new. So then um, she went on a little further and she said a fresh wine skin can be a new wine skin, but it can also refer to an old wine skin that has been reconditioned. Mm -hmm. So meaning that they can take that old wine skin and, you know, use it again. Mm-hmm. So a reconditioned wine skin is uh, su- is as supply- supple, I'm sorry, is as supple as new and is able to hold new wine. So to re- recondition it, an old wine skin needs to be cleaned and then soaked in oil. The wine skin is soaked. Mm-hmm. Until it's rejuvenated to a supple and soft state to be ready for new wine. So old wine skins are not thrown away or only being used to hold old wine. It can be made fresh again to hold new wine. So I definitely believe that this is a new season that we're entering in. um, In the outpouring of God's spirit. So. God is changing it up and reconditioning the old wineskin as a people. That's what I've been um, meditating on this week. Um, So what that means to me is changing up, um, changing up in the means of the traditional church Mm -hmm. and how the traditional church normally does things. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe there's going to be a new set of people coming to know God that didn't know God before all of this COVID-19 stuff. And he's setting up people to be new wineskin for them. And I believe the new wineskin will be proactively thinking about how to minister to this new harvest Mm -hmm. of people that God is getting ready to bring in that would normally not Mm-hmm. you know be brought in through this through the traditional church yeah so we are already experiencing how we are reaching people differently through mm-hmm. virtual sermons mm-hmm. uh zoom bible studies yeah podcasts yeah um and i believe that the new wineskin people will continue to find innovative ways to continue to reach people in this changing world. So that is what I gathered from reflecting on um, that scripture this week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what That's amazing. That's amazing. Like, I mean, like, I'm like, I'm about to start preaching. Like, Lord, this is, I mean, it's amazing because, no, seriously, because um, one of the things, and, and um, Chris and I have been talking about this this week as well, but um, one of the th- um, things that um, one of our pastors spoke about uh, I want to say maybe like a week or so ago was that they were really believing that, you know, this whole season would spark a revival, which is honestly what you're talking about, you know, and I'm like, wow, like a revival is real, you know, and, and so Chris and I were going back and forth, like, you know, do you, do you believe that that can come out of something as, you know, as tragic or as, um, or, 
as devastating as what people may be experiencing right now, you know. And I absolutely believe that. I absolutely believe that. I mean, unfortunately, usually it takes crisis to get people's attention, you know. Um, and and that is really my prayer, of course, that God would not. I mean, I feel like nothing can go to waste when we place it in the hands of God, you know. And that really is what he desires, you know, that people would come out of this knowing him. And so I, yeah, I definitely understand and agree with what you're saying. So maybe. Oh, yes. I've, I've really been asking God, um, to really pour into me Mm -hmm. and pour into other people as well. And to just, I want to, I want to be that new wineskin and I want God to, use me in whatever way that he wants to use me. And I want to make sure I'm not missing it. I don't want to just go back to the, you know, traditional way of doing things. If there's something different that he wants us to be doing, um, we as the people should be striving to do it. Mm -hmm. Gosh, that's so true. Very, very true. I know one thing that I've been reflecting on um, this week is Holy Week. Holy next yes. week is, you know, as people, the basically, um, you know, it was during Passover that, you know, Christ was crucified, which is a whole message in and of itself. But um, there were a couple of different links that um, kind of came to mind as, you know, just reflecting on this time and what, what God is saying, you know, what he's trying to show us, what he's trying to teach us. Um, but first and foremost, when self-isolation first started, it was, well, not when self-isolation first started. I should say when COVID-19 or the coronavirus became like a thing to me, at least, it was like right at the beginning of Lent, which is like the 40 days leading up to Easter. And so I was like, what in the world? You know, and I didn't think about it until I was listening to a um, pastor being interviewed and he was talking about it. And this was, you know, when people were talking about coronavirus, but we weren't self-quarantining, it wasn't hitting home and impacting our economy and our families as much as it is right now. And so I was just like, hmm, okay, mental note, you know, and then just kind of kept moving, going about my day. But, um, you know, as things progressed, you know, we started talking about plagues, you know, and these are the, there were 10 plagues, of course, in Exodus that happened. And, um, you know, God, God was basically trying to get, he was trying to get Pharaoh's attention, like, hey, okay, let my people go, let them go do what they need to do, you know. And like each plague got worse and worse and worse. The last plague was the plague over the firstborn. Now, in order for the plague to not touch the people of Israel, Passover was birthed. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Passover, God was like, all right, you know, I'm about to take out everybody's firstborn. Here's what I want Israel to do so that their firstborn are not impacted, so that their homes are not touched. I need you to go make a sacrifice, you know, um, you know, kill an animal and wipe the blood over your doorframe, like over your doorframe so that when the plague comes, your family will not be impacted. So that was how Passover was birthed. Okay. Fast forward, you know, um, you know, thousands of years later, Jesus comes, he's born, he walks the earth, he preaches and teaches. And it wasn't probably maybe a couple of years ago that I realized that he was crucified during Passover, of course, because he's the ultimate lamb. He was like literally the epitome of the sacrifice for our sins. So I was like, God, like just amazed at that, like nothing 
like God, like he lines everything up. He's so strategic, you know? So literally the fact that his crucifixion, um, his death, burial, and resurrection, his blood was shed for us during Passover as the ultimate sacrifice for our sins. Fast forward, 2020, COVID-19, okay? We're in the week leading up to Easter. We're in Passover right now, leading up to Resurrection Sunday. And just, I had to cling to that promise. Like, we are the people of God, you know? I'm, I'm like pleading the blood of Jesus right now, like, and believing, like, you know, that our family will not be impacted by COVID-19. And I know that sounds... It, to some people it may sound selfish or some people it may sound prideful or some people it may sound entitled or what have you, but that's a promise of God. So yeah. I'm going to cling to it. I'm going to cling to it. I, I can't speak for any other family. I can't speak for any other people, but I'm going to cling to the promise that we are covered by the blood of Jesus. But, um, but figuratively speaking, I genuinely believe that this whole situation, this whole scenario is not by happenstance that it's taking place during Lent and that the height, you know, a friend of mine posted this week that, you know, um, they're saying, you know, this is supposed to be the hardest week or the toughest week regarding COVID-19, you know, and then she said, but this was Jesus's toughest week as well. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. Like, I mean, literally, this is the week, this is the time that Jesus was agonizing, like, okay, God, do I really have to die for these people? Do I really have to be tortured and persecuted? Like, do I really? Okay, but let your will be done, not my will. Like, he literally had to walk through this. And so I am claiming the promise and clean the blood of Jesus over my household and over the people of God right now, because it's not by happenstance that all of this is happening during this time and during this season, you know, and it has kind of gone back to what we were talking about beforehand, where, you know, teaching, you know, our children, but also ourselves reminding us that, hey, you know, this is bigger than, you know, having a ham and leg of lamb or what have you for dinner or going to brunch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this is so much bigger than that. You know, yes. I think we forget with time and we just kind of go through the motions and God is calling us back to him and to his intent and to his, his desires, you know, so really taking time to reflect on what happened during this week, you know, mm -hmm. like what was happening during this week for us, you know, and, and, how we can benefit and reap those promises today. Like, yeah. because we need to, today, we need to reap those promises, you know. We need to benefit from those promises today. That's what I'm clinging to. That's what I am leaning into. So just, yeah, a lot of rich stuff in there. A lot of rich yes. stuff. But I do believe this is a time of revival, and I do believe this is a time for us to lean into, you know, what God is saying to us. Oh. Yes. Yes, I've been reflecting on those uh, 10 plagues of Egypt mm -hmm. as well. And I was just thinking like, man, you did, God did a whole lot to Egypt to get mm -hmm. Pharaoh's attention. Mm -hmm. And it feels like what is going on is a another like biblical plague going on. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, Lord, <laughs> we don't need another plague. You got our attention. And I hope other people yeah. will um, acknowledge that. Acknowledge okay. God. You know, don't... <laughs> Lord, we don't want another plague, people. Yeah. So, um, 
I just think people definitely need to reflect and 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 understand what God is saying during yeah. this season, um, because you know, just like sometimes we go through tests and trials, and sometimes we go through them more than once until. Mm-hmm. We get what we're supposed to learn out yeah. of that test or trial. Yeah. I don't I don't want um another plague to come through here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's real. That's real. I mean, yes, and like you, I've been pleading the blood of Jesus over uh, my family. Uh, you know, we don't have like pure lambs in our backyard or anything, but that's because, you know, Jesus died on the cross for our sins and Amen. we're able to his blood over our lives um and we don't need to do uh, those sacrifices like that because it's already been done Mm -hmm. it's it's done you just have to so i've been reflecting on that as well this week and just really meditating on um the resurrection and um when i watch the passion of christ it Mm. all brings me um to tears um to really uh think about what what was done for us and the pain that Jesus went through for us. And the one, the one line, I honestly, I can't tell you whether or not I brought myself to watch that movie all the way through in its entire entirety, more than the first time, honestly, because it is very, very hard to watch. But there's one line in that movie that just brings me to tears every time I, you know, like, when I first saw it and when I think about it, but um, he was, this is when he was carrying the cross up to Calvary and his mother, you know, ran up to him. He actually fell with the cross. Mm-hmm. He was just struggling, you know, he had already been beaten. Okay. So it wasn't like, he was like, Oh, let me just carry this cross. You know, like, it's like, no, he's like bloody beaten weak already. And he got to carry this cross up to his death basically. But he was carrying the cross. He had just fallen and his mother rushes up to him. And there's like a flashback of her rushing up to him. Like when he was a child and he fell or what have you. So she's trying to comfort him. And he looks at her and says, mom, see mommy, I make all things new. I was like, Lord Jesus. Like, but literally that was the goal. That was the purpose. And he never lost sight of that. And even thinking about the situation we're in right now, like God wants to make all things new. You know, he wants to make us new coming out of the situation. You know, he wants to make families new coming out of the situation. He wants to make us new and we can't lose sight of that. I mean, we can't lose, we can't resist. I should say, we should not resist what God is trying to do. He's trying to change us because we need to look different by the time we come out of this. And so that needs to be the prayer and the goal. Like God, what are you trying to change? And for each person is different. You know, that's, that's the beautiful part of, you know, that he can use a similar situation for everybody and allow each person to get something completely different out of it. But like, Whatever it is that God is trying to change in you, like, let him do it. Like, let him do it. And, and I'm like, you, please, Lord, let me get it now. I want to get it this time so that I don't have to get it. You don't have to send no more plagues, you know. And not to say that we won't experience other trials or hardships. I mean, the word clearly says in this life, you will have trouble. But my thing is, okay, if I'm going to experience another trial, then let it be because I need to learn something else. Let me get what I'm supposed to get right here, right now. So I don't have to go around this mountain again to get that same thing. But when the time comes for you to change something else, fine. But let me get what I'm supposed to get right now. So Yes. Whew. Yes, yes, wow. yes. 
My business. So watching the news, watching the news, um, it's a little depressing every time yeah. you see that death toll increasing yeah. every day from COVID-19. It's very, very, very sad. And we know that our days are numbered mm-hmm. on the earth as mm-hmm. it is. And, you know, no man knows your when, mm-hmm. when your last day is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people that are currently hurting and being affected by this COVID-19. And I think it's very important for us to talk about how we should be responding Mm -hmm. um, to people that are currently grieving or if we're grieving ourselves, how are we supposed to, you know, respond during this time without losing hope and faith in God? Um, So one of the things I think, um, that we should be doing, even though we can't necessarily touch someone physically and, um, you know, we're wearing our mask Mm -hmm. and we're just staying away from people, but we still have to be there for Mm -hmm. one another um, because people are grieving out there and we, we may not be directly affected right now, but I'm sure all of us are going to be affected indirectly or directly at yeah. some point during yeah. this time right now. Um, so how do you think we should be responding? Yeah. I'm glad you bring that up because I think, you know, sometimes it can seem really insensitive, you know, believers honestly can seem really insensitive because we have uh, an eternal perspective. So, you know, when you lose someone in this life, you know, sometimes you can easily rush to having that perspective instead of staying in the moment with that person, you know? I mean, I always have to remind myself and others, Jesus wept. Like, Jesus stayed in the moment right before he was about to bring this man back to life. He wept over the loss of a human life, you know? And so there is nothing wrong with with and some people may call it being weak or what have you, but there is nothing wrong with crying, with mourning, with grieving. It's actually very, very healthy. It's actually very, very cathartic. I am actually in the process of um, working on a grief devotional because um, after losing both of my parents and a sister um, physically here in this life um, and having to walk through that process multiple times and in multiple ways, you know, I feel like there's a lot to glean from, but then also too, you know, specifically people of color, I don't think we really give ourselves space and time to grieve, you know, and in some cases, you know, people may, may not feel like they have the luxury, if you will, of grieving because they have to continue to provide for their family or they have to continue to lead others and be a source of strength and, and support for other people. But one thing that I have learned is that when I embrace my weakness, it allows God's strength to come in and gird me up. Like, and that's hard to do. That's very hard to do at times, especially when you're used to being strong and independent and, um, you know, the one that everyone comes to, the leader, if you will, the pillar or what have you. But if I, I have 
continually have to learn to embrace my weakness because that's what allows God to come in. You know, um, you know, even thinking about the Beatitudes where it says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. But you have to mourn. You have to mourn in order to be comforted. It doesn't just come, if you will. So the first thing I would say, first and foremost, to anybody that has lost a loved one, you know, during this time, whether it's directly correlated to COVID-19 or not, um, is that it's okay to to weep, to mourn, to grieve. I am so sorry for your loss. I deeply, I extend my deepest condolences to you because it is a very hard thing to go through. And honestly, I couldn't imagine going through it and not being able to, um, you know, plan a conventional home going, if you will, yes. where people can physically come together and mourn with you and celebrate the life of that person. Like, I mean, that's a whole different, um, a whole different challenge in and of itself that I have no idea about. And so I definitely extend my deepest, you know, condolences to you and, and my greatest prayers regarding that because it's hard and it's okay to acknowledge that it's hard, you know? And, um, the second thing I would say is, you know, for, for people that are around around the person that has lost someone is to just be there. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to, you know, have all the solutions. You don't have to, you know, be a superhero to come in and save the day. You know, I know for me, the the um, greatest support that I had during a time of loss was there were just people that were there. Mm-hmm. If I just wanted to sit in silence or if I, if I wanted to laugh and, and binge television or if I wanted to, you know, if I was crying, somebody to hold me or what have you, you know, but just to have someone there, I think is super, super important um, and someone that acknowledges um, that you're grieving, you know, yes. and everyone grieves differently. You know, that's another thing. That is another challenge. You know, um, some people grieve, um, you know, because they're, they're, they may, their grief may look like anger. Their grief may look like, um, you know, regret. Their grief may, may look like, um, you know, relief, honestly, if I'm honest. And, and when I say relief, because if you were caring for this person um, and basically had given your life over to taking care of that person, or if um, you had been watching them suffer day in and day out, you know, um, I think in some cases, people don't like to acknowledge the fact that relief is a, is, is an aspect of grief because they feel guilty. Like, gosh, should I be relieved that my loved one is no longer here suffering on this earth, you know, but that's a real aspect of it, you know. Um, so don't be afraid to walk through, you know, all those stages. And there may be certain things that trigger it. I know I was so upset that I couldn't control my grief because I'd be like, can I just have this breakdown moment in my in the privacy of my home when I'm spending time with the Lord? You know, but no. I would get hit, you know, walking through the grocery store because I would see a brand of cereal that my mother used to buy for me all the time. And I'd be like, I really don't want to cry in this grocery store. <laughs> like, I really don't, you know, or I really don't want to cry while I'm watching this commercial. But it grief can can confront you at different times and in, in different ways. And it can be very inconvenient. But it's just another reminder that we are not in control. And, you know, we have to allow ourselves to process it as it comes because if we try to sweep it under the rug if we try to stifle it 
then it's going to manifest itself in other ways that aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to give yourself space and time to grieve. It's okay to grieve. That's definitely what I would say. And that, yes. you know, we're here, you know, we're definitely here for you. Yes. Um, definitely be a friend, pray for one another, pray for the world daily. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, if you can't, you know, reach out and touch someone in person, you can still send a card Absolutely. in the mail. Um, you know, this week, my my two of my children have received cards from their yes. teachers awesome. uh, with little stickers. And yes. um, it just brighten up their day to know mm-hmm. that their teachers were thinking about them and they... Yeah sent them card uh, a little card and yeah. uh, stickers and it was like I miss you and yeah. I miss seeing you and and then the letter that you sent me this uh hey. this, that right my day like doing things like that um small things like that mm-hmm. just means a lot a, a t- it can mean a, a whole yeah. lot um to yeah. someone that is grieving absolutely Um, so remember to do those things if you can't physically be there um for someone Uh, i definitely think um during this time we have to go back to the basics i see a lot of people going back to the basics currently like eating dinner with their family praying together playing outside um, checking on your neighbors, um, speaking to your neighbors. Yeah. So how do you think God wants us to go back to the basics spiritually? I think, um, and this is, this is a, a prayer that, uh, that I prayed and that I feel like God has answered, um, when I was, particularly when I was, when I was going through chemo, I was like, Lord, you know, whatever it is you want me to get through this time, like help me to embrace it but also help me to maintain it. Like, I don't want to just be the person who comes to you when things are bad. You know, that's that's when my time with you is the sweetest and the richest because I'm desperate for you. Like, help me to be desperate for you when things are going great, you know? And I feel like he is constantly answering that question because he is constantly keeping me dependent upon him day after day after day. And that's whether my health is great or whether my health is struggling or whether we have money in our accounts or whether we don't, whether we're working or whether we're not like literally there's a constant dependence where I'm like, okay, God, how do you want me to navigate through this day? And I feel like that is a basic that he wants us to get back to spiritually. Well, we're dependent upon him for everything um, at all times, you know, at all times. Like, you know, I think it would be a huge disservice for us to be, you know, um, leaning into God and spending more time with him now. And then once this thing is lifted to go back to our regular lives, like that's a huge disservice to ourselves. I mean, God is going to be God regardless, but that's a disservice to ourselves. If we attempt to go back to our old lives after we get through this challenge. So I feel like spiritually God is requiring us to be dependent on him daily. You know, and like I said, that's whether things are going good or whether things are going bad. He wants us to be desperate for him because yes. we need him. 
we need him all the time whether we realize it or not we need him all the time and so i think it's important for us to constantly posture ourselves toward him in humility at all times so that's for me going back to the basics yes in this next segment we normally do our noble character segment uh when we recognize a woman we usually give them a shout out or praise um, so if you want to submit a noble character for next week, go to our website at becomingevatoday.com and submit their, their name in the noble character tab. Um, but today we're going to do something a little different. Maya, um, you, uh, I, I don't know what you decided to do, but would you like to share? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, um, when we were talking about, for those of you that don't know, we meet, we talk about, you know, uh, what we're going to present on or what our topics are going to be on a weekly basis. And we had mapped out something completely different for these episodes. You probably heard us saying, hey, we're going to be talking about personal brand, you know, we're going to be talking about entrepreneurship or what have, what have you. And then COVID-19 popped up and we're like, okay, y'all, we got to, you know, we really have to be sensitive to what's really going on because people are struggling. People are um, experiencing major challenges. So we've tried to cater these last few episodes directly to that need, to those needs, I should say. Um, But we're going to pray, actually. We're going to pray. But there are a couple of things that I want to point out um, or share before um, we close in prayer. Um, There are four components to me that that jumped out. And I was actually doing some studying this week on um, the Lord's Prayer, you know, in Matthew 6, where he just basically models out how we are to come to him. And I wanted to um, share this part because I feel like when we talk about prayer, typically it's because we're asking God for something. And don't get me wrong, Lord knows we need Him, and I'm going to ask Him for something today. <laughs> but there are other aspects of prayer that I think we kind of overlook or that we gloss over. And if we're really talking about getting back to the basics, I feel like these other components need to be just as much a part of our prayer lives as the petitioning part, if you will. Um, But first and foremost, I want to talk about worship. Worship needs to be a part of our prayer. It needs to be a part of our daily prayers to God, like literally adoring who he is, taking time to acknowledge who he is in our lives, you know, as um, as a provider, as a healer, as a restorer, as someone who is just awesome and magnificent, as someone who is so much higher and greater than anything we could think or, or fathom, you know, we need to constantly take time to praise and worship and adore the God that we serve. So worship is key, you know. Gratitude is another aspect of prayer. Thanking God for who he is, what he has done, what he is doing, what he will do, but thanking God, thanking God for what we have, focusing in on what we do have. I know it's very easy to look at what we can't do during this time, but let's look at what we can do. You know, the fact that families Some families have been healed and restored during this time because they've had to spend time with one another. Some families may be struggling right now and really going through it. But at the same time, God is giving an opportunity for healing and restoration to happen in our homes. Mm -hmm. So that is a gift, you know, looking at what we have, the fact that we have roofs over our head. You know, I've been really grateful to God over our new home because I feel like I'm finally able to enjoy it, to like really take in different aspects of it, you know, the 
fact that that I, I'm we are in a place where we can stock up and put food in our refrigerator, you know, that for me, those are things that I'm grateful for because there yes. were times where I would be like, okay, we're just getting what we need tonight. We will believe God for tomorrow. You know, like there were times. So just, you know, um, being grateful for what we have, being grateful for our health, if we do have health right now, or, or being grateful for an opportunity to have a relationship with God, or being grateful if we still have a job, you know, being grateful for what we do have, I think is a major important part of prayer. And then the other part that we overlook, usually because it's convenient, is repentance. We overlook the fact that we need to like repent if there's stuff that we've done wrong. You know, the word of God clearly says, forgive us our debtors as we forgive those who trespass against us. So like literally God is like, I'm going to forgive you to the degree that you forgive those that are around you. So really take time. If there is bitterness, if there's resentment, anything that you're harboring, you know, to, to ask for forgive for forgiveness, you know? So those are three components that I wanted to point out in addition, of course, to the petitioning part where we do lay our requests before God. But those are all components that need to be a part of our regular daily prayer time with God. So I'm going to close out with prayer and then we will call it a day. Okay. So father, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you God just for the opportunity to, you know, um, be connected <laughs> to other people, you know, through technology. I thank you for gifting people to even, um, allow us to have this type of technology where we can, you know, spread your word, yes. where we can connect with one another, where we can encourage one another, God, where we can spend time with one another. I thank you Lord for the opportunity to come before you, God. I thank you you, Lord, for sending your son, Jesus Christ, literally as tomorrow marks Resurrection Sunday, for sending him to come walk this earth, live a perfect life, you know, die a sinner's death, you know, through no fault of his own for our sins, you know, and be resurrected back to life so that we can have eternal life. I thank you so much for that ultimate gift because there is no greater gift. Yes. And um, we repent forever. Um, putting anything else before that gift, you know, for relying in our own strength, for relying in our own ingenuity, re relying in the own strength of our hands, thinking that is what provides for us when you are the one that provides for us, Lord. You know, we repent for being prideful. We repent, Lord God, for thinking that we can do things in and of our own um, strength and do things on our own, Lord, when in fact we need you every step of the way. We need you for every aspect of our lives, not just when things are hard or when something is, you know, doesn't go the way that we planned, Lord God. We need you all the time. And so, God, we repent for being prideful. And we ask, Lord God, that you would show us, Lord, how to live lives that are humble, Lord yes. God, on a daily basis, God, not just when we're struggling, not just when things are hard, but when things are going great, Lord God, we need your help even then to figure out how you want us to manage the abundance that you've put in our lives, the blessings that you've put in our lives, Lord God. We come before you, oh God, and just ask for all of those things, Lord God. And Father, I pray right now for those that are struggling, Lord God, 
if they are struggling because they don't have food in their homes or because they're in abusive families, Lord God, or they may have lost their jobs, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, or they may have lost loved ones, Father. I pray right now that your presence, oh God, would be tangible to them right now in the name of Jesus, that they would sense your presence, that they would know that you see them, that you know them, that you love them, that you have not forgotten about them. And I pray this would be an opportunity, Lord God, for them to lean into you, Lord God, for them to know you for who you are, Lord God, in a very real way, Lord God, not the God that their family members may have talked about or talked them about, Lord God, or the God that they may have heard somebody speak about on television, Lord God. But I pray right now in this moment that people would have a road to Damascus experience with you, Lord God, where they would come face to face with you, Lord God, for themselves, Lord God, and they would be able to say, I met God on this day, in this way, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for those that don't know you, Lord God, that they would be brought to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ, Lord God. And Father, that um, this would be an opportunity, Lord God, for you to be lifted high, for you to be magnified, and for you to be glorified, Lord God. We know, oh God, that you desire to waste nothing, God, um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we put it all in your hands, and we ask, Lord God, that you would use it for our good, oh God, to mold us, to shape us, to um, allow us to become more like your son, Jesus Christ, to be brought to the saving knowledge of your son, Jesus Christ. Whatever you need to do, Lord God, to heal and to restore us, Lord God, to heal this land, Lord God, we lay it at your feet and we yield, oh God, and we ask that you would have your way. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That was an awesome prayer, Maya. Thank you for closing us out. Um, our Becoming Eva challenge for this week is to dig deeper in in the Word of God and with your intimacy with God and to seek, seek God's face in prayer um, so that you can understand how you can feed someone else spiritually. So Amen. don't... Don't forget to join us next week for our final episode of season one of Becoming Eva. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on the podcast app. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook at Becoming Eva. That's one word. Follow us on Instagram at, and Twitter at Becoming Eva Today. See you soon. See you soon.